0: Good morning. I'm Liz Peek, and it is my great honor to be hosting this, the first hour of Larry Kudlow's weekly radio show here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. For all you listeners disappointed that Larry is not on today, I apologize. But I have to say, Larry deserves a vacation. He's one of the hardest working and most successful guys I know in this business. He just turned 75, and I hope he'll take a few days to celebrate. So, today we're going to have a great show. In this next hour, I'll be talking to John Kilduff, founding partner of Again Capital and founder of the Kilduff Group, about the next Biden crisis about to overtake our country a looming energy crisis. We've had the Biden border crisis, the inflation crisis, the baby formula crisis, and now an energy crisis. It didn't have to be this way. Already, there are some 20 million Americans behind on their utility bills. The worst is yet to come, and a lot of the blame lies on the ideologues driving policy in the Joe Biden White House. We'll get John's take on the looming natural gas shortage and what it means for you, the consumer. Next up, we'll talk with Leora Levy, the Republican candidate who won the primary battle to face off against Connecticut Senator Richard Blumenthal in November. Many of you probably don't know Leora. She's an American-first warrior and first-time politician. I can't wait to hear how she'll try to eject the noxious and profoundly dishonest Blumenthal from his seat. Finally, we'll visit with Nicole Malliotakis, who represents New York's 11th District in Congress, covering much of Staten Island and southern Brooklyn. Nicole is a fierce fighter against the woke big government policies of the Joe Biden White House and will face off against Max Rose again in November. She beat Max to win her seat in 2019 and I'm confident she'll do it again. I especially want to talk to Nicole about the priorities for the GOP if they take over the house in November. I'm focusing on policies and candidates of importance in the midterm contest because I like 74% of all Americans think our country is headed in the wrong direction. From the humanitarian disaster at our southern border, where some two million people are expected to enter our country illegally just this year, to rampant crime in Democrat-led cities like New York, to the rising cost of living, which is squeezing hardworking Americans, to out-of-control spending, which will make inflation even worse, it is hard to find much that is going right in Joe Biden's America. And here's the scary part. He's only been in office for 19 months. We have 29 whole months to go. If that doesn't make you break out in hives, I don't know what will. Democrats are cheery these days because they've landed on a surefire way to combat national disgust over the policies and dishonesty of the Joe Biden White House. That secret sauce? spend more taxpayer money on favored constituencies and watch the polling climb under biden we've had the democrat only 1.9 trillion dollar american rescue plan which even some democrat economists agree lit the flames of inflation the bipartisan 1.1 trillion dollar infrastructure bill the 240 billion dollar chips bill which is supposed to boost our semiconductor industry but which dedicates only about $50 billion of that $240 billion to that end. And then we have the Democrat-only Inflation Reduction Act, which will ladle out over $350 billion in green energy boondoggles, will not reduce inflation, and will likely not bring down the deficit either. The Inflation Reduction Act contains yet more smoke and mirrors accounting to pretend it will not boost our deficits and debts and Democrats say that is why it will reduce inflation. Oddly, they still maintain that the $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan, not a penny of which was paid for, did not cause inflation. I guess some deficits are better than others. Anyway, everyone is aware of the latest gambit from the White House for giving student loans which will cost, according to the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget, not the $300 billion promised by the White House, but instead closer to $500 billion. This at a time when the Federal Reserve has just yesterday reaffirmed its intention to jack up interest rates aggressively in order to squash inflation. With almost half the country saying that rising prices has hurt their standard of living, this is when the White House, with no approval from Congress, is going to throw another half trillion dollars into the economy. It is reckless and probably illegal. I'm sure this plan will be challenged in court. The courts have smacked down several of Biden's more grandiose plans over the last year and a half. Hopefully they'll do so again. Among those programs nixed in the courts were the EPA's planned elimination of fossil fuels from our power industries and OSHA's effort to force large companies to require their employees to get vaccinated. The courts told Joe Biden no and called it executive overreach. Executive overreach, by the way, is the sign of an ineffective White House, one that can't get laws passed by Congress. Remember how Biden promised to work across the aisle? That was one of his many advantages, that his relationships in Congress would allow him to get bipartisan legislation done. That turned out to be just another election year lie. Even fawning news outlets like The Washington Post have admitted that Biden personally had almost nothing to do with passing his signature bill, the Inflation Reduction Act. Anyway, the student loan forgiveness plan is yet another brazen vote buying effort by the White House. A recent Economist poll showed only 20 percent of those surveyed want Biden to run again in 2024, including only 18 percent of adults aged 18 to 29 and only 18 percent of Hispanics, both groups expected to be prime beneficiaries of the loan bailout plan. Biden's plan is coming in from some harsh criticism from all sides. Even some Democrats oppose the move, because it will increase our deficit and inflation. Economists like Obama advisors Larry Summers and Jason Furman oppose the measure. Furman tweeted, pouring roughly half a trillion dollars of gasoline on the inflationary fire that is already burning is reckless. The New York Post reported this morning that Democrat Representative Chris Pappas, who faces a tough re-election race in New Hampshire, criticized Biden's move, saying it, quote, sidesteps Congress and our oversight and fiscal responsibilities. Democrats are also criticizing the bill because a good segment of the population will find it extremely unfair. Unfair, for example, to the vast majority, 62% of Americans who are not college graduates. Also unfair to those parents and students who have worked like crazy to pay off their student loans. Ron DeSantis hit that note when he said, as only he could, it's very unfair to have a truck driver have to pay back a loan for someone that got a PhD in gender studies. Now who can argue with that? A Penn-Wharton analysis showed that about 70% of the debt being forgiven is held by families in the top 60% of the income distribution ladder. Another study showed that people living in Washington, D.C. have the highest per capita student loans of any place in the U.S. So Biden's generosity goes primarily to higher income elites in our nation's capital. Call me crazy. But that does not seem a winning political position. The GOP is going to roll out ads mocking Biden's student loan plan as a bailout for rich kids. One ad features a waitress, a mechanic, and a landscaper that sounds like the lead into a joke talking about working extra shifts to help theater majors get out of debt. It's aimed at blue collar workers in swing states like Ohio where Democrat Representative Tim Ryan is running for the Senate seat being vacated by Bob Portman against Republican J.D. Vance. Ryan says the bailout plan sends, quote, the wrong message to Americans having a hard time paying their bills. I think he's right. But I also think that the student loan move is another sign that Democrats have abandoned middle-class America. It's like the Inflation Reduction Act, which spends $300 billion plus combating climate change. Is that really the top priority of blue-collar Americans? I don't think so. I want to add one more thing. Axios reported this morning that Biden's education department is completely unprepared to roll out this program. The education department doesn't have income data, For most of the 43 million Americans eligible for forgiveness. In other words, 35 million Americans will have to submit this information in order to get their loans repaid. Meanwhile, reminding us of the Obamacare rollout, the studentaid.gov website crashed after the announcement, unprepared to deal with a surge in interest. The White House hasn't released yet the website where people can apply. So far, this program is not going well. It's been under-researched and under-prepared by the Biden White House, which does not surprise me at all. In a few minutes, I'll be talking with an expert on energy who can explain to us why Biden promised to double our exports of natural gas through LNG exports to our allies in Western Europe to help them with their mounting energy costs, but never conferred with the industry executives who might actually make that happen. Biden is unprepared. He's not serious. And once again, his policies make almost no sense at all to the average American. Thank you for joining me this morning. I hope to uh, hear from you. I'm at Twitter at Liz Peak. uh, And I would be happy to Uh, ask our guests any questions that you might have so please feel free to tweet me over the next uh, remaining minutes and I will be very interested in what you have to say thanks so much and now we will take a short break before coming back to talk about natural gas thank you some places take you away some bring you together Marathon does both Marathon is Florida's family key